0: What differentiates technology advisor from just cloud architect?
1: You cannot advise people how to do stuff if you don't have their expertise, if you haven't
0: failed. The main objective for technology advisors is to be the bridge between business, between end users and technology.
1: Welcome to People Tech and Other Weirdness, the not-so-serious soft-serve podcast. Here we collect stories from our people about their roles and rules, game-changing decisions, wins, walls and falls. You'll hear about technologies from those who create them. Let's see who we have on today.
0: Hello everyone, my name is Alex and I'm going to welcome you to our People Tech and Other Weirdness. today we're talking about old thing and new story. Enterprises going cloud, going cloud for many years and most importantly, going cloud right now. Today, my guest is uh, Lukasz. He's a part of our C.E. team at Poland and he gonna share a couple of words about himself as well. Hi Lukasz.
1: Hi, hi Alex, hi guys. Uh, My name is Lucas. I work for SoftServe. I've been working for SoftServe since the end of last year. So um, I'm still a freshman here, I would say, but um, with lots of experience and expertise already, and I'm very glad I'm being a part of this company. I'm part of um, the COE you mentioned already. Mm -hmm. I'm working as a cloud architect, And I'm focusing on the GCP, the Google Cloud. I already have some experience with Azure, but like I mentioned, I'm trying to focus as much as possible on the GCP. Also, I am the Google's Cloud Certified Trainer. I'm doing trainings for people, for for companies. Um, This is the part I'm trying to grow and, you know, share my knowledge, my experience with the community, you know, and help people grow. So you're helping other people grow. That, that is
0: kind of growing yourself and also helping other people grow is that the kind of the people we're looking for and trying to kind of build the core of our uh, center of excellence, which is kind of the CEO you can, you can hear today a lot, this center of excellence and, and other stuff, but this is really the way we differentiate. And for to our today's talk, as I mentioned, enterprises and cloud transformation, So maybe let's jump in into this right away. You all know that this cloud trend is already a new norm. So companies were saying, hey, we're going cloud, we're going full native, we're going multi-cloud, we're going hybrid, any way they like. But they kind of started this transformation. Some of them started this transformation years ago. Uh, Some of them just starting and they received an additional kick from the whole 2020 thing. But the one common thing with all of them that we were seeing, especially the larger companies are, the bigger their IT, the bigger their resource presence and stuff, the less chances they have to succeed in this transformation. Meaning they can have things running in the cloud, they have can have multi-cloud and other things, but if they look at their business objectives or they look at their expectations they were having from this cloud transformation, very few really report that they reached their goals. In fact, there's were numbers of studies and ask from the CIOs, CDOs, and actually nine of ten people there saying they haven't re- kind of reached to what they wanted to uh, to get from the cloud. They haven't received all of the benefits of the cloud transformation. And in many ways, for them, uh, going to the cloud was an investment that didn't get the expected returns. so my question to you lukas the first question for today will be what are the reasons behind that what are the challenges the enterprise companies having in undergoing the cloud transformation
1: let's start this discussion and, and answering this question from you know speaking a little bit about the trend so back in the day companies used to have well and they still have most of the stuff on-prem right and a few years ago the trend started to be more likely that the companies started moving to the to the public cloud whether this was aws or azure it was basically one of those clouds depending how much stuff from one vendor the company had, right, on-prem. And then GCP came along with their products, and I've noticed that the companies started going multi-cloud, so basically either having AWS or Azure. They started using another cloud, which like most of the time was GCP, but these days is... Multi-cloud, seriously. Um, a lot of companies are having not only one, but basically three, three public clouds: uh, GCP, AWS, and um, mm-hmm. and Azure, right? And the trend these days is going hybrid, so connecting all the resources between each of the clouds and even the on-prem. And that <laughs> brings us to the question you asked. You know. From my experience it's not it's not easy to do the transformation even if we are talking about ourselves you know we've been working with um, different technologies for, for years some of us you know they even remember the um, the windows 3.9 uh, 3.1 or 3.11 right stuff like that um, the um, the dinosaurs or, or even the stuff that was on before uh, Windows is the um, the DOS or, or some stuff similar to it. So I understand it's not easy to do the transformation for ourselves to start learning new things. And then, if we start the discussion about companies, it's even harder, right? To to move um, and to do the transformation from something they already know, they've been using and they've been dealing with for years, and now move everything to the cloud, which is new. Um, especially, security is a big concern here, right? Um, a lot of, I've noticed a lot of a lot of uh, people, companies, enterprises don't fully trust vendors um, who deliver public cloud. Which is, I don't want to I don't want to say it's 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 quite funny, but it's 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 interesting because I've been to few data centers the companies had, uh, the the companies are having, and um, I've seen a lot of crazy stuff, seriously. (laughs) And then the same company is saying, you know, moving to the public cloud is not secure. Um, When you compare on-prem data center for that company and, um, and the data center for Let's say GCP or Azure, the security is crazy there. You know that there are only restricted people who are allowed to go in. Um, so everything is is really secured, Everything is encrypted uh, at rest in transit. There is everything is in order in in those data centers. Where if you've never you've never seen any data center, um, you can just google and see some funny memes about the cabling and 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 really really um some 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 funny things going on yeah so the security is is a big concern for the companies another thing is the expertise i mentioned before that companies are having administrators or people who are operating the on prem um the applications the infrastructure right and um it's it's hard for them to start learning another things, which is public cloud. Back in the day, I mean, some time ago, I was um, I was told this statistic about around 50 60 percent of um IT people being scared of losing a job just because public cloud, right? But the same 60, 50%, uh, well, the majority of IT people, I don't want uh, to give any any numbers here because um, they, they might change, right? But the big majority of IT people um, are scared of public cloud. And so they ask the same number of people, okay, so what you are going to do with it? And just very little people of that group said, okay, I'm, go- I'm just going to start learning new things and the rest said well i'm just gonna sit here and do nothing (laughs) so this just gives us the picture um how scared we are of doing the transformation another thing is something you you've mentioned as well some companies started doing the transformation already and doing the migration from uh, on-prem to the public cloud but the bigger company is the harder it is for them to do the migration a bit. And basically the way they do doing migra- migration is just lift and shift. So they take whatever they have on-prem and basically most of the stuff um, is, is virtual machines, right? Is, is, is VMs, IaaS, and they move it to the public cloud. And at some point they might realize that that migration is even more expensive. Uh, running the workload on, on IaaS on public cloud might be more expensive. So this is not something they wanted to do, right? Or, or they were expecting, you know, they um, they wanted the migration to do the migration basically is to save the money, not to spend more. <laughs> that That is interesting perspective. It's like you,
0: you put one kind of the problem that you know in a new environment. In many ways, we've seen the lift and shift was done by the companies, is where uh, because of lack of experience, lack of knowledge, and, how, and kind of understanding how to properly use the new capabilities and new ways to operate with the cloud, people chosen to run things as they are. So, kind of getting your problem up and just moving into another environment where, hey, by the way, it's a new environment that you need to. Now figure out how to work in this environment. And kind of this generally slows down things for you, introduces new problems that you don't know how to deal with and creates a lot of unsatisfaction within the engineering team saying, hey, the cloud was the wrong move. And uh, yeah, you are right here. And uh, they they also say many companies who never previously worked in the cloud coming out and saying, hey, we're going to do multi-cloud. It's like, really, they're gonna wanna run before they even can crawl. And yes. it's it's really ambitious of like, the new CIO coming in on board saying, hey, we go cloud, we go multi-cloud, we're doing automation, we, we do zero trust security and other stuff, but then you create an enormous gap in skills, in new approaches, best practices and the processes that, uh, your organization may not be ready to. You, you can involve the partners, you can involve other companies to help you out with migration, replatforming, automation, and other stuff, but in the end of the day, you you still give up your people to do the same work, deliver day-to-day value to your customers, to your products, to do your stuff, and asking yourself a question, are those people ready to use new tools efficiently and effectively and that the answer that many of the cl- companies do is we, we hoped so but it turned out not great for us is like people were used to use a hammer it still was efficient they were building their houses they were hiring like construction workers and they're using traditional tools and now someone gave them a power drill and power hammer and other things and while still like it feels like hey it's more efficient you can right now do a hundred nails in a minute but do you really need to do a hundred nails in a minute if for example someone doesn't bring you wood and the yes. other parts in the time and by the way if you miss out with the uh, power settings on the power tools that there is a chance of you ruining everything so that's in a short talks about the readiness there's certain percentage in, in, in each IT organization that always ready they, they they on top of the cloud they've been dreaming about the cloud for a long time and those people are usually the ones the company pick for building them and next, generation of tools, getting them into the cloud, and it's all in great. so those people know how to use it, and pe- those people may know how to troubleshoot but w- the, the, the and operate in a new environment. But then you're forgetting about 95% of other people whom you need to either keep their experience the same or with skill to a certain degree, or sometimes completely to being able to work with a new environment. And this is why the CIO I was talking with, when they moved almost 100 million worth of data centers a year into the cloud, said, while well, the cost of cloud for us is kind of the same, so almost zero TCO change. Yeah, it, it enables us to do new things, which is up skill and uh, up step from where they was before but one cause they haven't looked into is the people that they need now reskill the new people and new skills they need to bring to the company and this is something that the board and the stakeholders and the shareholders they will be not happy about you just by moving to the cloud just introduced less efficiency more costs for running business. And this is where my questions becomes, who are the people uh, that can help resolve those questions? Who can help enterprises uh, and large companies, corporate world to properly plan out their cloud transformation?
1: Answering your question, that would be consultants, uh, technology advisors basically people who have a proper mindset I remember not that long ago I was doing a pre-sale and um, I did a presentation about um, storing managing logs doing the monitoring uh, in the public cloud and um, using the services that are available in that in that particular cloud. And after I did the presentation, one of the IT guys they said, "Okay, so this is all nice and beautiful, but how can I get my logs from the public cloud to my server on prem?" And I was like, "Why do you want to do that? Um, no, because I just want to do that. You know, I have I have my uh, server here, and well, it's not the way you're supposed to do that. So, first of all, is people." who have the proper mindset the technology advisors right um so people who who have the expertise people who can help businesses move to the mm-hmm. cloud properly uh, who know how to do that who have done it a lot of times already they failed basically i mean we all fail, you know, at some point, but it's about learning from those failures and mistakes. So people who are not afraid of talking to the customer, mm-hmm. asking questions, providing some solutions or actually having a convers- conversation with a customer, a simple one. Hey, um, I understand that you, you've been working this way for a very long time, but If you think about it, if you want to move to the cloud, not necessarily you want to move everything from the cloud back to the on prem. Of course, it is possible, but why? You know, you have extra costs for that. So, having a conversation, finding out about different requirements, stakeholders' requirements, user requirements, right? Different, 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 looking from the different perspective, doing the discovery about the company and about the project, what they really need, how the application is built right now. Um, So technology advisors, that could be people who can provide a technology direction not to do exactly what the customer wants right here right now but provide the solution that will help the customer grow this is very important not here and right now but Mm -hmm. also in the future people who spent a lot of time growing themselves doing the certifications reading a lot Um, meeting with other people and finding out about their experiences you know this is also very important uh, to find out from from others also that could be a cloud architect a person who is very skilled at you know one public cloud or one technology and this could be a team you know some advisors consultants uh, architects Many people who will say like, hey,
0: here's a consultant or advisor will just roll their eyes and say like, hey, isn't that just like PowerPoint architect? Uh, the guy who just knows the concepts or something high level, but it kinda in day to day life, they know nothing into like the practice.
1: Um, well, it's not. Um, I know this could happen, but basically it's not this way. Not everyone can be a technology advisor or a consultant. There are few skill sets that that person mm-hmm. should have. First of all, since we call that person a technology advisor, an experience is needed. You know, You cannot mm-hmm. advise people how to do stuff if you don't have their expertise, if you haven't done it yourself a couple of times, if you haven't failed. And we are not talking only about one particular cloud, but basically we are talking about technologies from on-prem. If we want to advise people, how to companies, how to move from on-prem to the public cloud, we need to know how the on-prem works. Also, technology, stock and expertise and knowledge is not the only thing. Of mm-hmm. course, it is important, but we are talking about the communication skills as well presenting skills it's not easy not everyone have that kind of skills it's not easy to present you know i know people who are scared of talking on the call with a customer they are scared of talking about things they have done on you know daily meetings so how do we expect that person to be a technology advisor, right? They can be a great architect or a great technology expert, right? But it's going to be very hard for that person to be a consultant if you don't have the proper communication skills. Technology background is
0: super important. But then uh, you you get into the, the state where, hey, you still need to get your message around, your your idea around and presenting that message is very important. But I think another thing that we're slowly rolling into is that what differentiates this technology advisor from just cloud architect, good cloud architect. So he knows how to do this stuff, he knows how to design a solution and kind of make decisions and evaluate impacts and uh, the cost and the processes. So kind of all very solid here. What I think from my experience in many times is missing, is understanding the business context, the environment and business environment of the client. So dozens upon dozens of the uh, uh, meetings and projects I was involved in. I've seen countless times where uh, architects who were involved created and come up with excellent technology ideas on how they can solve the, the problem for the client, how they can automate, move them to the cloud, optimize the cost, introduce a lot of new things and stuff for their business that will just almost magically solve many of their challenges that they're having in, in their IT, but client wasn't buying this. So like they were saying the right words, they were pitching this correctly, but they haven't, ad- they haven't really addressed the very big part behind any organization is the organizations themselves, the politics between the organization inside, between line of businesses, because you know many companies have different, they may have acquired different companies through the years, and they effectively the cultures, the way they work in, in, internally between each other, the way they deliver this value to the clients can different. And the answer that suits one stakeholder may not suit other lines of businesses. And while you can work out the details with IT and kind of from a technology standpoint, create an excellent solution, it doesn't solve the challenges for the lines of businesses. They still will have to wait for, for, for their new servers and other things you, uh, that, that they expect from uh, from the business. You cannot say, hey, tomorrow, uh, you you will need to get your, all of your applications into containers and uh, deliver this to us in this way. They will say, no, we, we, we are the business, we generate the money for the company, so you'll do what I say. And this mm-hmm. is where many great ideas die, because you fail to meet your end users, your solution, and the way you attribute that need also help the company that is adopting that solution to understand the, the answers to how we're going to adopt that and most importantly, why we should adopt that. So you need to be able to articulate the impact of your idea to the end users, well, which is business of that certain company. And in many ways, that will be extremely hard to, uh, of sheer size and kind of political environment inside. So technology advisors uh, in many ways, they're different from just kind of architects and experts in a way they can understand the business and environment, create a compelling story for the business impact, and most importantly being almost, well, I wouldn't say uh, uh, having a psychology degree and like communicating and getting and navigating complexity of human interactions, specifically if it's a different line of businesses, stakeholders that doesn't really talk to each other that much, uh, which you need to get together. It's that unique skill set that is really hard to just come by. And when you find the people with, At least the good foundation to grow that skills, you hang to them and you empower them to get all the rest of necessary ingredients and become the technology advisor.
1: This is something very important you touched on. You you mentioned business. Technology advisors help businesses. And if I think about it, technology advisor not necessarily work with um different architects all the time if um we are talking about the pre-sales most of the time we are having discussions or meetings with ceos with cfos right head of it's people who are looking at the project at, from the business perspective okay so we are talking about a different skill set um that the person should have and not necessarily talk technology all the time. You you know, you might be an excellent uh, engineer or architect, but when it comes to pre-sales, when it comes to advising people, um, there are a lot of things you have mentioned just now Mm -hmm. um, that are very important.
0: Yeah, I think the the very common feedback that we've heard from, from clients is that while they work with the consultant companies and the McKinsey's and Deloitte's of this world uh, to come up with new business ideas and business cases, they still need people that can marry technology and a business strategy together. This is the almost word-to-word explanation of why this niche exists and why there is a need within the VP of IT, CIOs, as you mentioned, to help convert their business idea and their business and objectives into execution of this through technology and also needed changes to the processes and our organization as they need it. Because it's kind of, in a way, but it's easy to say, hey, you, for, for your business to survive. For example, you need to go to the cloud to introduce data analytics for your customer insights and use those cons- customer insights mm-hmm. to do, drive your marketing campaigns and and to create a targeted and tailored propo- proposals and pricing for your clients. This is the abstract of like business case and business strategy for the company. But now, how? You heard the data analytics, you need to go to the cloud, you heard all of these things, so you kind of understand the technology behind that. But how to get all of this together for your business? Because if you go in and just get a cloud architect on board and, and other experts, they can create a technology solutions, but they not necessarily will be so deeply integrated with your business and how you operate and how you do stuff. Because behind every developer, behind every product manager and behind every IT guy still lays the business that drives the incentive, that drives the strategy and how the customers and consumers will be kind of working with your business. And that's becomes really important to bridge this gap between the tools between the business ideas and how you can apply those tools and how you learn your people to use those tools and how you properly use those new set of power tools uh, throughout the, the company, that those answers may be the most important of them all, because technology, we say in this years and years, technology is simple. Coming from a technology world, kind of it's very easy to hey, how to connect some components together, how to build those effective automations and tools together. But in the end, we're forgetting that the people who are gonna build these tools are not the same people who are gonna use these tools and, as yes. in every product. You, you, you you I think, seen the countless stories about the uh, developers that were developing the solution based on their assumptions on how people are gonna use those tools. And then when it get to the market, People weren't using that as they intended. They were using this in very different ways. So think about cloud transformation in the same way, end user experience and end user experience, like it's your internal users, your developers, it's your product managers, it's your uh, IT guys who will consume that product uh, needs to be put in this equation. And this is where we're marrying that technology end users in helping them to adopt and really use efficiently these tools and this is i think the main objective for technology advisors is to be the bridge between business between end users and technology can you share your experience on because he joined us in, in 2020, which is, was kind of an interesting year for the entire world. But it also was an interesting year for us as we also introduced a lot of new things in the CEE to help our people to grow into technology advisors. So I want to hear your first hand experience how, how it was working for you in the last six months six
1: months oh my god (laughs) the time flies right it's 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 excellent actually the the hiring process let me start with it um was was very fast very professional i would say um i remember i got the message from one of uh, well now our recruiters uh on linkedin and never had a chance to read it after like two weeks i i answered that message and i said hey let's um let's do this right and once i made that decision it took maybe two maximum three weeks and all the papers were were already signed so very professional very fast hiring process it wasn't easy though i remember my technical interview with one of our experts from COE. It was, well, more like a discussion, the way I like to do interviews myself. And actually these days we do them together. But that interview was also very professional. It was it was more about the discussion, so and technical discussion. So two architects, two engineers having a conversation about, okay, so how would you do this? And how would you do that? Or something else, right? and that i remember helped me out not to stress that much about things i didn't know or well the interview itself then i remember we had some interviews together uh, i mean not interviews i, I was being interviewed uh, by you alex um and that was also a nice experience i've never had that many um usually it's just one step you 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 had um you you have um conversation with the person who's responsible for that site right and here we had two or three so I've never experienced something something like that where my communication and soft skills were checked and again it was simple discussion okay so how are you feeling and and how would you do this what do you think about public cloud okay well what are your experiences when working with 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 the customer with enterprises so that was that was really great another thing that was that was very cool and excellent was the hardware I got my first day was on monday and all the hardware came was made to me and I got it on friday basically it is very important to to have a proper tools to do your work, right? Yeah, I remember
0: uh, you you were sharing this stories like it's a, it was a funny experience. We were reaching out to ask you, kind of what type of equipment you you wanna have, and then also the color. And he was yes. were like, I can choose the color. It's like, yes, 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 yeah, yes, cool. yes, exactly. Like, it was fun. Um, and I would say. Uh, uh, yeah I, I never got that feedback from people but when when you talk about the way we we, we, we interview people we're looking to explore the landscape and the, their other capabilities this is why kind of sometimes it feels like we're having too many interviews in, in this process but it's very important to identify the other opportunities and uh, for, for kind uh, of for, for for people how you can work with them what they're interested in and maybe aside of just regular cloud architect work they also interesting in mentoring or kind of developing internal products and you hear out about their passions about their things and their prior experience for example we we have the architect who also likes to work with marketing teams and working on the the different linkedin campaigns and other stuff and during regular interview process, you would never find that in regular technical interview. This is why we expand that to have the, we, we still call them like project interviews. While we, we are not the project, I would say company, and the center of excellence of ours is more of a team that works on uh uh on a different things, not only the projects themselves, but also internal capabilities and things and working with partnerships with marketing teams. This is why we look not only into technology skills, uh, but also their the, the background that person has, the culture and how they can be invested in just something else, just like doing the the I would say architecture work. Uh, it's just fifty percent of their job, uh, in my mind, and uh, this is also helps us identify how to in in kind in
1: future how we can help those people those people grow. So you mentioned already communication skills, um, soft skills uh, training. Um, this is this is the part I've been being a part of uh, for the past six months. This is this is really great because all other companies keep to forget about this kind of stuff which is very important right Um, also very warm welcome Uh, I remember on my first uh, first week I had some family issues a family situation that was very stressful for me the way the company and well people dealt with it was actually excellent I remember it was it, it was very nice for me I mentioned I mentioned the hardware, but it's not only about that. You know, I remember I got a bunch of stickers. So if you are a fan, uh, a fan of putting those stickers on a laptop, it's it's totally fine. Um, if you have a kid like I have um, she's four years old. I just pass it to her and now I'm going around the house you know okay. and I see stickers on different places where they are not supposed to be at but um, that was that was that was really cool even I mean having a magic mouse or um, a, a power cord extension I mean, Seriously, it is like if you think about the company and the company thinking about that kind of detail that you might need a a cord extension for power. Well, this 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 is really great, but like I mentioned, it's not about the stuff, the, the the hardware and the laptop. It's about the opportunities. So. In the past six months, I was involved in a lot of them. Actually, this is one of them, right? Um, So projects from internal to external ones, right? Um, Having a possibility to work with the best uh, experts, the best um, advisors, um, do the pre-sales. The company is helping me and other people grow this is this is very important Uh, there are opportunities for internal and external trainings doing the certification um, the soft surf university which can help you out grow or change your career path being a mentor or a mentee is another thing Uh, that you can be a part of. It's like another initiative. If you want to be um, a cloud architect, solution architect, it's totally fine, but maybe you want to be a team lead uh, or maybe you want to move a little bit to the management part of, of of, of the IT, right? You can find out about those different opportunities if they are good for you this is this is very important you are not being assigned just to the project and that's it you do your job right but there are different different opportunities and initiatives i like to say it that there are a lot of doors different doors that you can and rooms that you can just get in and see if you like the um the look of that room right okay. the the interior or whatever or, or, or it's like different cars you can get in and see if if yeah. You know, if it writes the way you want it. If not, you just park it and you go to the next one, right? And the opportunity to grow over here is 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 really outstanding. Um and this is very important for, I believe, all of us, right? We don't want to be just assigned to one project, do that, then another one. I mean, interesting projects from I don't know, writing a code to to doing hybrid clouds like working with Antos for example this is this is one of the projects that came into my mind just now um and and connecting aws with gcp and on-prem really really cool one um helping i mean working with the cloud providers and do the projects for them right or help them mm-hmm. grow their own projects and help them out work with the customer doing the pre-sales and finding out about new new ways of doing the project because from my experience especially at the very beginning and when you work as an architect or or uh, a specialist of some kind of particular technology you get the project and everything is already more or less decided right but if you try to fit a shoes of that advisors we have discussed we talked about it's it's completely different story you are responsible for designing everything and working with the customer and then someone else is getting the the project and is you know implementing it but um, having a chance to be before finding out about architectural frameworks about different documentations, um how they are being signed, or being involved in doing a certification for a cloud vendor. That was like another thing, you know. Um I've never I've never done it. So this was this was very interesting. And how the process looks like. Um, and how the contact with the vendor looks like what kind of documentation mm-hmm. is needed um, that opened my eyes seriously because um it's not easy to be a partner um with i don't know um <laughs> with google, google or thing. right um wh- whoever that is you know th- there are certain rules regulations and if you if you've never done it, you don't know how hard it is, right? But being a part of getting the certification or doing the certification was, was very interesting.
0: One of my questions that I've saved for the end is like how you find those future technology advisors and how, how you become one. And w- effectively, you, you just answer that experience that you can bring to the people, helping them to test out the boundaries and the the, the things they'd like to do, because not everyone will be excited into navigating internal politics within the organization. And we cannot push the excellent technology expert to just, Hey, go and sort out how to marry those two businesses together. This is where. You need to try, you need to give people opportunity to try and grow and support them from different directions. And in many ways, you can get certified in the cloud, you can learn best practices, those definitely help to establish some technology foundation. Uh, But in the end of the day, it's experience working on real cases, real environments, real clients, trying out and kind of seeing how it works uh, and uh, seeing how other pitch this to the business, how they communicate, how they gather requirements, being um, almost like uh, paired together with other people who are already experienced in the field, help you out to figure out, is that something you like to do, how it's done, learning this kind of, this craft, craft um, by example, and then, kind of becoming confident in in your skills in your ability to speak up to the client propose the idea and standing by by, by this idea and having the, an ambition to go outside of just technology because in, in in with technology you can control kind of the environment you can it's tools they're they they, they fixed in many ways, that you know their behaviors and how they're going to behave. There is very little room to kind of change that, but with people, with organizations, where th- there is a lot of things that not in your control and in any way you can kind of change that is just by influence, but but without having the, the control over the things, this is, gives you another way and another layer of complexity to your challenges that you want to solve. Because I I would say in many ways, I'm addicted to challenges. It's always been investigating work for me when I was working in like 24-7 support. It would been investigating work, trying troubleshooting something. And it was, hey, DevOps and automation helping to Hey, are we seeing the challenge in the process? Let us help with that and improve that. And then going into architect position and architect role. Hey, are we seeing the bigger problem, a bigger challenge? Let let. Hey, how how I would solve that? And eventually, it's like wanting more and more and more. And now you are seeing that you can really make impact on the big things on the world. I kind of. Being a technology advisor, it's it's seeing the results of your how technology makes impact in the world. Like we were engaged with the company, who's like mining company and uh, one of the biggest one in the world, and we helped them to look at their processes and how they use cloud. And during the, the like cloud move to the cloud, we introduced some couple of the IET solutions. We introduced data analytics. We introduced new insights, but we didn't quite knew how. How that will help later on? How we, when we started to assemble this data, we came up with some of the ideas of how we can optimize the routes those uh, mining trucks are having, uh, uh, and how they they ship their goods and the, the cargoes, and implemented that within company. And kind of from a technologist point, it wasn't the rocket science. It's the many things that you see at regular conferences and stuff. But then. The results they have reported in like 2019, that this improvement alone in reducing the number of miles their trucks spend, the number of hours there, some equipment run, they effectively reduce the CO2 emissions almost by 15%. And 15% of that company's CO2 emissions is a lot. It's a few tankers shipping through 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 the sea number of a lot and this is this is the important you see how now your solutions impact the world and that's that's i think the main difference uh, in how technology advisors and this role and this experience is exciting and can give your technology knowledge an edge
1: yeah um doing projects for the Best ones and the bigger, bigger companies. It's it's very, very interesting topic because then you sit on the couch, you watch television. Then there are some ads on the TV, and you are like, "Hey, I did the project for them," or the or you see a commercial of the project you've been working on, and hey, hey, you know, I know exactly how it works. I did the project. Yeah, for I
0: remember the remember the time we we did something. Like- crazy for uh, Audi in a long time ago and then uh, years passed, I'm I'm, I'm traveling through the Europe and I see how people just with their phones unlock the cars and do car sharing and I myself use that and that was a part of something that created a new culture 7 or 8 years ago and This is the impact you see at end users and the the world. So technology advisor role in in many ways, it's a challenging role. You need a lot of more than just technology experience uh, to get all of this together and get this working, but it's a very rewarding experience. Kind of takes more time to get that reward, I would say. I realize that reward, but when you get it, it's it's uh, like a Christmas.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, speaking about how you can um, how the company is helping. So basically, there are two ways, I would say. You, you can either hire people um, to do the job, or you help people grow. So SoftServe is helping people grow. There are, seriously, a variety of different different options from ramp-up programs for architects to um, soft-serve university. Train the trainee if you would like to be a trainer or learn how to prepare presentations, do the presentation. There, there, is, there, is, a, um, there is a program for that where you learn from the people who have been doing that for years, right?
0: Because kind of when the learning and kind of all about people is a part of your culture is kind of, it comes naturally. With that, I would say that like, uh, and in today's world, knowledge and experience will continue to become this differentiator for the companies. This is why they will come and ask for people who can be those technology advisors, who can help them to translate that business idea and business strategy in technology execution and help the lead the the teams. So today, um, we know how to be that advisor. We know how to become one. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that would be an interesting journey to revisit this conversation in the, a year or two from now, because we're also learning a lot of new things. We're also growing. Um, so yeah gonna schedule the next one in two years just to talk about how they changed yes but, yes that would be great but, yeah but today i want to uh, thank you Lukas, for sharing your experience sharing your story with us thank you everyone for listening and yeah this was alex people tech another weirdness thank, thank you, you.